This is Novel Marketing. I'm Thomas Umstead, Jr. I'm James L. Rubart. And this is the show for novelists who want to become best-selling authors. <laughs> Selling? That, Thomas, that sounds like, once again, you're involving money in Sales. this whole it's, marketing thing. Yeah. Sales and marketing. There's, yeah. there's nothing wrong with being able to buy your own food. That's all I'm going to say. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So we're going to keep talking about how uh, this is our third in the series of how we can use our writing skills to actually put more food on the table. That's right. We're talking about how to become a career writer, how to shift from being a hobbyist to being a career writer. And for a little bit of background, episode one, we talked about how to think like a business. In episode two, we talked about how to make money on the book itself. So how to make more money on the book and how to sell more copies of the book and how to make more money on the books in general and how to think of it plural. And then now this is episode three of this series, which is also episode 77 overall novel marketing for those of you who are new. We're going to be talking about how to make maximum money with your writing skills. Now, wait a minute, Jim, how is writing skills different than writing a book? Isn't this just write more books? (laughs) <laughs> just pump them out, baby. Just pump them out. No, this this all started with our buddy Ben, uh, Backpack Time Machine Ben, who said, hey, uh, I'm not a hobbyist. I want to make money, but I don't want to do it just writing novels. Are there other ways to make money other than just writing novels? And the answer is an emphatic yes. Yes. In fact, there's like half a dozen different ways. So we're going to do our best to keep this episode to 15 or 20 minutes, uh, but we're going to get started and see how it goes. So the classic way to make money with your writing skills is as an editor. Uh, The better you are as an author, the more insight you can give other authors who are perhaps not quite as far along the journey as you are. And you can help them, and they are willing to pay for that. Paying for editing is a very valuable thing to pay for. People are willing to pay for it. It's also a great way for you to make money on the side. There, In terms of supply and demand, the supply for editors is smaller, the demand is larger, and the result is editors are able to charge by the hour, and really good editors are able to charge quite a lot by the hour. This can be a great way to supplement your income. Another way to make money as an editor is to create a course on writing. Teaching other authors is how a lot of authors make money. In other words, if you're a really good editor, you will start to specialize in an area or a genre, and you can take that expert knowledge and tell other people how to do it. There's a very famous book called Self-Editing for Fiction Writers. It's a it's like one of the Bibles of, of fiction writing. You should get it if you don't already have it. It's one of those books, slight digression here, that I reread every, every couple of years just to, to ground in the fundamentals. But anyway, there, there's an example of good editors who took their knowledge and turned it into a best-selling book. Now, I will say, wait until you have something worth teaching before you sell a course because the world does not necessarily <laughs> need more courses on writing. It definitely does not need more blogs by writers about writing. Uh, so you need Agreed. to have a system, something that's teachable. So you need to start as just editing you know, your friends, your folks in your writer's groups, their, their books, and maybe you start really inexpensively. If you all are interested, we can bring on a professional editor and talk about how to start that business of, of being an editor. Uh, some tips is to... Um, you know, focus on a, a genre. The more focused you are, the easier it is within that genre to be referable. Um, but I will say one of the benefits of making money as an editor, other than the fact that it's quick money, typically you get paid very quickly, as opposed to writing a book where you may get paid next year, is that the act of editing 
makes you a better writer. Getting in other people's stories, learning how to edit in other people's voices, you know, that's doing work that's paying the bills, but it's also helping you learn about writing, helping you see sentences in different ways, seeing how different authors approach different challenges uh, in, in terms of storytelling really improves your overall writing. And so it serves a double function. And, and a lot of these that we're going to talk about actually improve you as a, as a writer as well. Uh, and so that's one of the great, great things about selling your skills. So we talked about selling a product of your book, you, Author Name Incorporated, you're now also selling a service, which is your writing skills. So the next way that you can uh, use make money off of your writing skills is to write for periodicals. Now, I hear some of you grumbling already because you're like, periodicals, I'm a novelist. I can't write for periodicals. What magazine wants to have me? Well, okay, this is easier if you're nonfiction because you can write magazine articles about your area of expertise. But there's this wonderful thing called short story collections, um, (laughs) which is where a lot of authors like um, Stephen King got started. He got started writing short stories. And there's a lot to be said about short stories. One, you get a little bit of money, which is nice to get some money, but also learning how to focus and hone your story to be tighter and cleaner and with fewer words really helps improve your writing uh, as an author. I'm probably going to get slammed for this, but I'm going to say it anyway because I've heard it from so many people. But writing fiction is much harder than writing nonfiction. So you think, oh, I can't really write nonfiction. It's not something I want to dive into, that kind of thing. You might surprise yourself. You might surprise yourself because the ability to show, the ability to evoke emotion is something that's needed in nonfiction as well. So don't put the idea of writing for periodicals, uh, magazines, journals, the web. Do not put that down. I have a friend And four years ago, she was trying to get her book published, self-published it. And she has moved into, I kid you not, what she does now is flies around the world, stays in luxurious resorts. I mean, just gorgeous resorts. And she writes about it. (laughs) Suffering for her craft, man. Suffering for her craft. I don't know why anyone would want to write for a periodical. I know. I wouldn't want to do that. Lounging by the pool (laughs) on her laptop, writing an article about the resort she's staying in. That's, 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 that's suffering. Yeah. This really is a great opportunity. And people are like, oh, but it's only 50 bucks or 100 bucks an article. That's not real money. It's like, well, you're right. That's not real money for just one article. But how long does it take you to write an article? You know, say you do an article every day. You know, that's $100 a day. That's not a bad income that's also honing your writing skills. And it's a lot faster money than, again, what you would get with the book itself. And remember, if you've got a backlog of articles, you can repurpose those things, right? And sell them multiple times. Yeah, depending on the contract negotiations, uh, we can do – if y'all are interested, we'll do a whole episode on this as well of like first rights and second rights. rights yeah, and all those things. yeah. So there, there's weeds. Beware. There be weeds here, but there also be money. <laughs> so uh, it's a great way of, of making additional money. Okay. Now, Jim, this next one is not very popular. People don't want to do this because they want them some credit. But what is another great way to make money with your writing skills? You can make money as a ghostwriter. You dun, dun, dun. really can. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and I understand the moral aspect of it because you have some people that will – uh, hire a ghostwriter, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, they put their name on the book and there's no acknowledgement at all that someone else wrote it. It's, it's, it is a bit of a sham where you have a celebrity come out and they did not actually write the book. And so I understand the moral implications of that. At the same time, sometimes you get the with or you'll get it in the acknowledgements and you can make 
really good money as a ghostwriter, not only for the upfront fee, where typically you will get an upfront fee, but then you will get royalties as well. And the thing I love about ghostwriting, and I should say I'm not really experienced at it. I've only done one ghostwritten book. The thing I loved about it is it really freed me up. Because I wasn't telling my story, I was telling somebody else's story, and there was a certain pressure that wasn't there that allowed me to be freer in my writing than it would have been if I felt like my name's on it and all the pressure is on me. So it, it actually can be a lot of fun. Now, wait, this is news to me. Uh, I didn't realize you'd ghostwritten a book. Is this something you're able to share? Is it like public knowledge which book this is, or is it no, still not, super not, ghosty? It's ghosty. Okay. Just, it's ghosty. So generally, I recommend that you get mentioned in the at least in the acknowledgments, so you can tell your own friends what book you wrote. Gosh, Jim. <laughs> but but seriously, I know authors who have had a huge influence on the world, and have written dozens, if not hundreds, of books, and their name was never on the cover. There's a, a quote that's been credited to like half a dozen different presidents. I don't know who said it first, but there's no limit to what you can do as long as you don't care who gets the credit. And for many authors, the way they get started is by co-writing a book with a more famous author where they do 80% of the work, they make 20% of the money, but they have a book that they wrote with famous author X and now they're on the map. So Seth Godin, who's one of my very favorite marketing gurus. If you've not read a Seth Godin book, you're really missing out. Really, all of his books are excellent. Uh, but a lot of people don't realize that his first book was uh, guerrilla marketing for the home-based business with J. Conrad Levinson. So in the 90s, J. Conrad Levinson with his guerrilla marketing guy. was the guy. And Seth Godin is like, who knows Seth Godin, right? He's this unknown, obscure guy. So Seth Godin, very humbly, does, I would imagine, most of the work for this guerrilla marketing book. And, you know, that's what started his career in publishing. I mean, he, he has a more complicated story than that, but that's what helped put him on the map. So then suddenly he's doing his own books. And people say, Seth Godin, I've heard of that somewhere. And he had credibility with the industry because he had shown that he could write a book that was good. So... Being a ghostwriter doesn't mean you have to be a total ghost like Jim where you get no credit and you can't even tell your friends. You can share the credit, but either way, it's a great way to supplement your income. Another way to make money is doing a work for hire. And a work for hire is simply an agreed upon amount that you will get paid to do the work. And I actually just entered into a work for hire for a novel that I'm going to write in 2016. And again, I'm really excited about it because in this particular case, we are going to construct the storyboards together. We're going to construct the characters and the plot and the conflict together. Once that's all done, then I'll go off and write the story. I love that idea because now it's not just my ideas. It's taking other people's ideas. It's collaboration. It's more of a team effort. And no, I won't get royalties on that book. So should it become a monster uh, bestseller? Maybe I'll look back and go, oh, shoot, I should have negotiated part of the royalties. But in this case, I didn't. I felt very good about the price um, that I'm going to be paid. The publisher feels very good about it. And I'm actually excited about entering into that collaboration because, again, it, it's going to be a little bit more free than my own books. Now, Jim, is your name going to be on the cover? Yeah, so my name will be on the cover. Okay, so, so, I'll so still let's be say in this hypothetical future that it becomes a runaway bestseller and sells millions of copies and you don't get a penny of those millions of copies are you better or worse off for that <laughs> never look back never regret <laughs> no you're be you're better off and here's here's why because if you if there really are millions of people buying that book what are they going to do when they're done with it they're going to want to buy your other books 
And so it's going to sell your, it's going to contribute to the sales of your regular ah, yes, royalty right. paying books. And your next book, since you're, tr- we, we have a secret here is that Jim is from the traditional publishing world. So he actually gets regular <laughs> contracts from regular <laughs> publishers. He has not yet drunk the indie Kool Aid like I have. Um, but I'm looking at it. <laughs> he, is, he is, he, he has a cup of it on his desk that there he stares go. at, there but he has go. yet to sip that sweet, sweet nectar of independent publishing. But your next contract that you negotiate, if your last book was so successful, it'll show up in your next royalty. And you have the benefit of knowing exactly how much money you're going to get ahead of time, which allows you to budget around it. And so mixing work for hire with regular royalty writing. I think can be a really solid strategy in building out, you know, a more stable income that you can build a career around. So remember, we're talking about how to be a career writer. This is not the best-selling writer uh, part of the show, and so being a career writer occasionally means doing less glamorous work that pays better. And work for hire is a great example of that. Now, the next kind of writing is called copywriting. Is this where you create the copyright page on the front of people's books that says, you know, what the copyright date is and has the Library of Congress number? Is that what you mean by copywriter, Jim? Yes, that's exactly right. Really formatting it beautifully with the right font that evokes that emotion that, you know, sends them into the book. Yeah, sorry. My, in case y'all are not uh, hearing this over the, this is sarcasm. But what is a real copywriter, Jim? So a copywriter can um, be applied to a number of different areas, but uh, in purposes of books, let's keep it, let's confine it to a a couple of different areas. A copywriter is the person who's going to write the back cover description of what your book is about. A copywriter is someone that's going to write the words that go on your website. A copywriter is somebody that writes radio ads and TV ads and uh, does sales brochures and does newsletters. So I guess I'm now not confining it just to areas where an author would need a copywriter. I guess the point is there are so many avenues if you know how to do strong copywriting where you can make money. I make a lot of money when I do copywriting for my clients. I've even started doing some copywriting for some folks from Novel Marketing that have called uh, called me and said, hey, can we work together? And I love doing copywriting. In fact, I'm working on a, a back cover copy right now with a lady named Kylie Dunn. And I have to just give a shout out because she has got such a cool book. Essentially, she took 54 of the best TED Talks and decided, you know what, I'm going to apply those talks to my life. And it absolutely revolutionized her life. So shout out to Kylie. The name of her book is Do, Share, Inspire. So I'd encourage you to check that out. But it's fun to take somebody's concept and turn it into a short back cover copy that really can promote the book. So that's one area of copywriting that I love to do, as well as some of the other areas. So if you have a skill at copywriting, you can use that to make some serious money. And, and nobody is born good at copywriting. It's a skill that you have to learn, but it's a learnable skill. And the fact that you're already a good writer, presumably you've been writing for a long time, means that you only have to cross-train to learn copywriting. A lot of the fundamentals of writing you already know. So it's just learning this one specific type of writing. And the reason why it's so lucrative and why copywriters make so much money is that it's worth it. As a business, I'm happy to pay it a really good copywriter a lot of money because I know that whatever I pay that copywriter, I will be increasing the sales far more than that, that it's a really good investment. And it's very difficult to write copy for your own book because you don't, or your own product or your own, you know, 
radio ad, whatever kind of copy you're writing, because you don't have that kind of perspective. And so as a business owner, business owners need the perspective and they're willing to pay for it. And so it's a great win-win. People are willing to pay good money for good copywriting because it really does make an impact on the sales. And as a copywriter, you're happy to make good money writing copy uh, because it, you know it's a great way to supplement your income. And I would love to work with you on your copywriting. So yes, call me or email me. But if you, even if you don't, I just got to jump on this, Thomas, because most people think they can write copy. They think they can write for their website. They think they can write a sales letter. And it is it is a skill that takes a long time to develop. It's one of those things, back to our earlier episode, if there's somebody else that can do it and can do it better than you, and you don't have, say, you know, two years to learn the skill, hire it out. You, it will benefit you. The one thing that's different about copywriting than other kinds of writing is that it's very scientific. So copywriting has a 60-year history of testing. So back in the days of direct mail, this is how they did it in the olden days. Apparently there were these pieces of paper that you'd hand them to a postman and they'd pass them out. What, the, what companies would do is they would write two different versions of a letter and mail them out and then see which version and put two different phone numbers and see which phone number got called more often. And they were able to learn scientifically principles of copywriting that are in various books that you can buy at the or get at the library. And it's a very scientific. And so, so to be a good copywriter, you need to study those scientific principles. And we don't have time to go into that now. Although, again, if you want us to do an episode on it, send, reach out to us at novelmarketing.com. And if you want Jim to help you with copywriting or to do the copywriting for your book, you can go to his website at jameslrubart.com. All right. We're almost out of time, but we have one final way for you to make money with your writing. And that is as a blogger blogger <laughs> so there's this thing <laughs> called the internet and apparently it's a big deal all the kids these days are into it and their parents and their grandparents even my grandmother will read blog posts from time to time although she doesn't necessarily always realize it but she'll click on links from from facebook and so if if my grandmother can read blog posts anybody can read blog posts and the reality is is that you can make really good money on your blog i was talking with um a man a couple of days ago, and he's making $80,000 a year on his blog from advertisements. And and that's without him writing new articles. So that's just off the old articles that are ranking on Google for various terms. And I was like, that's a, that's a pretty good yeah. income. <laughs> um, now, you know, that didn't happen overnight. You know, I worked with him, uh, you know, for, for years on and off. And he, he, you know, he spent a lot of time and money learning and going to conferences and working with experts to get to that point. Um, but blogging can be quite lucrative, uh, particularly depending on the topic. So writing about writing, not super lucrative. But there are other topics that are that advertisers are willing to advertise on, and you can make some really good some really good money. The simplest way to do this is just to put advertisements on your page, and you get paid by the page view. And um, sometimes you're making five cents a click, and sometimes you're making twenty cents a click, depending on who's buying advertisements. And the more page views you're getting for your website or for your blog, the more money you make in the advertising. And here's the wonderful thing about this. Again, this all ties together in creating that career. So you're spending a lot of time writing on your blog and you're getting this huge audience. Well, guess who you can promote your book to, next book to when it comes out? Oh, you can promote it to all of your blog readers. And for you nonfiction folks, this is especially powerful because you can blog on your area of expertise. And then the people who've been reading your blog about that area of expertise are very ready to, to buy your book. But you can do the same thing as a novelist. You just, you just need to find a topic that you can write about on a consistent basis that people are willing to read and are uh, interested in sharing on 
either there's two ways to get traffic. Either you write articles worth sharing or you write articles worth searching for on Google. And either one of those are very valid ways. And we've had other episodes on blogging. You can check those out. We'll have links to them in the show notes. But this is a very viable way, um, not just to make you money, but also to get the word out about your book. I wrote a blog post and it was read a million times, put me on the map and put my book on the map. And that was having never written about that topic before. Um, well, that's not true. I'd written about it some. Anyway, not to that degree, not to that virality. So having a blog can be a really great investment and it can be a great component of your overall career. Virality, is that a word? It is now. I love it. I like that <laughs> word. Okay, one of my, word one of my goals on my bucket list, I'm not even joking, is to coin a word or phrase that enters the common vernacular. Virality. So, <laughs> I, I, that could be it. I, although I am suspicious someone else has already used the term <laughs> Somebody else virality. Has grabbed that. Yeah. Uh, so all these ideas that we've been talking about actually require you to do something to make money. I've got something for you where you're going to make money and you don't have to do anything. I've got this course on how to win the lottery. So I guess you have to go, no, I'm kidding. It's a trap. <laughs> the we, odds- we, we should have probably opened with this when we were doing the series is how to become a career, career writer. But you may have figured it out by now that we're at the end of episode three. There are no shortcuts here, ladies and gentlemen. To be successful requires hard work. And anyone who tells you otherwise is, um, as they would say in Russia, hanging noodles from your ears. And so we don't want to hang noodles from your ears. We want to give it to you straight. And uh, another thing I want to say, you don't have to do all of these things. We're giving you a lot of ideas. This is a buffet of options. It's a menu. Uh, I know people who are making really good money doing any one of these, where all they do is ghostwriting, and they're making a great living doing that and writing their novel. Or they're just doing copywriting. You know, There are people that are full-time professional copywriters, and they make great livings. And so don't feel like you have to do all of them. Somebody like Jim, who's like dabbled in each one, is, is the exception rather than the rule. So hopefully you've heard one idea that gives you an idea like, ooh, I can make some more money doing that, and I can hone my skills while I'm at it. The sponsor of this week's novel marketing podcast is My Book Table, which actually is a way where you can make money where you're not doing anything. You, I guess you do have to do something. You have to uh, buy it. You have to install it. But once you do that, that affiliate link can make money for you ongoing. In other words, pays for itself, and then it continues to put money in your pocket. And if you want 10% off, you can go to mybooktable.com. And put in the coupon code Novel Marketing again. MyBookTable.com. We'd like to thank all of you who've left us an iTunes review. We don't have a new iTunes review for this week, so the slot is empty. But if you would like to be featured <laughs> as a iTunes review in the future, let us know what you think of this series that we've been doing. We were recording these all all at once, um, but we'd love to hear what you think. You can go to iTunes and leave us a review, and we would really appreciate seeing that and getting your feedback. You can also ask us a question if you want to be featured in a future episode that way by going to novelmarketing.com. You've been listening to James L. Rubart and Thomas Umstad Jr. on the Novel Marketing Podcast, giving you novel ideas on how to promote yourself and your writing offline, online, and everywhere in between.